0: And welcome to Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck, and there's Josh, the other Josh. And this is Short Stuff. Did I say that already? I don't know. <laughs> Enough talk, Chuck. Let's get to it. We're talking today about a man who is shamefully or was shamefully overlooked by history, He's starting to get his due finally, named Aristide de Souza Mendez do Amaral e, e Branches. <laughs> I think I came awfully close. My Portuguese is a little rusty, seeing as how I've never spoken a word of it in my life.
1: And not bad. Uh, we can call him uh, the Portuguese Oscar Schindler, and that should give you a good idea of where this episode is headed.
0: Okay. Aristide de Souza Mendez, we're just going to leave it at that. Um, by the time 1938 rolled around, had become a career diplomat for Portugal. He was trained as a lawyer, and um, by the time... He was assigned to Bordeaux, France, in 1938. Um, he had been all over the world. He he was definitely a senior diplomat in the diplomatic corps for for Portugal.
1: That's right. So uh, in 1938, like you said, he was in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, world War II comes knocking on his door. Germany invades Poland, and Portugal was like, "I really like we're Portuguese. We're not into this World War stuff." Yeah, I don't know if you got the memo. But we'd like to remain sort of neutral and happy over here, growing olives and drinking wine. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna distribute this thing called Circular 14, that basically says uh, all of our our consuls all over the world, you need to deny travel into Portugal for for refugees. We don't like that you're being persecuted, but we want to stay out of this as much mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, AKA, we don't want to make Hitler mad. So we're not gonna take your uh your refugees, uh, including the Jewish people. Right. And this is the
0: circular fourteen, it got sent out to all consulates in Europe. And um that was supposed to be that. But this 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 came at like a time, Chuck, when there were apparently the New York Times estimated something between six and ten million people moving around Europe because chaos was just starting to brew as Germany invaded Poland and then invaded France. Um, it was pushing and displacing a lot of people around who were trying to get out of here. Um, And I looked up, like, that's a pretty big number, but, like, what is it in, in, in today's terms? In Germany, 10 million people move around the country a year on their train system, in a year. This was, like, at once there were 6 to 10 million people moving around, and they were moving around chaotically. But again, Portugal said, now... We're not taking part in this. Just just stand there, motionless, silent, and don't do anything. They're going to have to figure out a different way. Uh And and if Germany gets them well, then that's too bad. And this uh, Aristide de Souza Mendez said, nah, I don't think I can do that.
1: Yeah, so he's in southern France. So that was a, a hot spot for these refugees because they were thinking – we can from there just go into Spain, then right into Portugal.
0: Right, that's what Lauren Bacall did in Casablanca. She <laughs> she flew to
1: she flew to uh, Lisbon. That's right. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't think they could fly into Lisbon at the time. Yeah, they could. She hops
0: on a plane at the end. Well, she, she did. <laughs> Right, sure. Oh, oh, you're saying the people who are seeking help from Susan Mendez. That's right. Sure, sure, gotcha.
1: So he knows that if he goes directly against his government, this is going to be bad news for him. It's going to be bad news for his family. He would be willfully disobeying a direct order Yeah. Uh, of Circular 14. Um, but he befriended a Polish rabbi uh, named Chaim Herz Kruger. Nice. Uh, and he offered visas to this guy and his family. But Kruger was like, you know what, um, I don't I'm going to turn down this offer because what you really need to do is save everybody that you can. And it was a really sort of monumental moment for uh, for Susan Mendez because he was a devout Catholic and this guy was a rabbi. And, you know, they they had their mind on the same thing, it's, except the rabbi was just saying, like, be bold. And Susan Mendez was in fear of his life, basically.
0: Yeah because i mean like him him not listening to the circular 14 is not it wasn't like listening or not listening to an order from like the Jimmy Carter administration. There was a dictator running the show in Portugal at the time and would continue to run the show until nineteen seventy, I believe. So it was a, a real conundrum that he found himself in. But ultimately he consulted his own conscience and he said, No, morally I, I have to do something. I can't just sit by. And he he did. He he took um he took the advice of this rabbi and at the in Bordeaux, um, he set up basically an assembly line for for stamping and signing any and every visa application into Portugal that was was handed to him by anybody. He tried to get as many people safe passage into Portugal as he, he physically could.
1: Yeah, and I think given what's uh gonna get minor political here, what's going on in this country today, we should read this quote uh from Susa Mendez. I have it all in my hands now to save the many thousands of persons who have come from everywhere in Europe in the hope of finding sanctuary in Portugal. They are all human beings, and their status in life, their religion, or color are altogether immaterial to me. Yeah. So let's dwell on that during the message break, and uh, we'll be back right after this. <music>
0: I hope that that was a um, everybody got a sixty second mid roll from the ACLU just now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so they're running a lot of people through this thing. I mean, like you said, it was like an assembly line, and they were stamping visas. Like uh, they were running out of stamps, they were stamping visas so fast.
0: Yeah, there's there's no way that he didn't get a hand cramp on the rig.
1: <laughs> uh, tens of thousands of people. Um, many thousands of which were Jewish, were granted these visas under his authority. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was later said it was perhaps the largest rescue action by a single individual during the Holocaust. And that includes Oscar Schindler. That's huge.
0: Yeah, Schindler, I think, um, was responsible for making sure that 1,200 people successfully escaped the Holocaust. Um, Susan Mendez... uh, was responsible for, for likely many, many thousands more than that. Like, they've identified so far at least 3,800 recipients from 49 different countries. Um, but they're like, there's, there's thousands and thousands more just from this assembly line that they set up from, I believe, the, the beginning of May until um, July when Bordeaux was overrun by the Nazis and the whole operation was broken up.
1: So repercussions, for sure. Uh, July 1940, he was recalled from Bordeaux to face trial mm-hmm. for insubordination. And uh, he basically says in court, you know what? Um, I answer to God. Uh, I would rather stand with God against man than man against God. And he was convinced that he was um, had a moral defense and he was right. And he was convinced that Uh, The actual Constitution of Portugal prohibited persecution based on religion, Mm -hmm. and he was right there as well. But it didn't matter because, like you said, they were living under a dictatorship. And in October of 1940, he was found guilty. Uh, He was relieved of his duties and blacklisted by the government for the rest of his life and very, very sadly died in 1954 at the Franciscan Hospital for the Poor in Lisbon.
0: Yes, not penniless. I, I noticed this article said he was broke. Oh, did I you know it? how much you dislike the word penniless to describe somebody who dies broke? Oh, I did not see that. It said penniless. There was like I think in the Tesla episode we did, you were like, oh, "I hate that word." Oh, really? Yeah, because you're like, I'm sure he's got a penny. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't that.
1: I didn't know that he supposedly uh, didn't have any money, but
0: yeah, he was broke. I mean, like they 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 broke him. They they basically said you're not going to have any more government work. Sure. Um, and good luck finding anything but a government work in a bureaucratic dictatorship. So he, uh, yeah, he was he was blacklisted, he was blackballed, and he died in poverty with his family also taken down with him. You know, like this guy said, and he knew the risk, and he said, "I'm I'm going to put all these other families uh, uh, in front of my own family." Yeah, and like if you're a utilitarian, that makes a lot of sense because even two families are worth more than one family, but. Still, this is this guy's own family that he's putting under the under the gun to help all of these others.
1: Yeah, but he did not regret it. Uh, toward the end of his life, he said, I could not have acted otherwise, and I therefore accept all that has befallen me with love. How's it's that for a cool. lesson?
0: It is a, a great lesson. And now he is typically mentioned along with Oscar Schindler, who, who is no slouch himself. No I mean, no. No, no, shade on, <laughs> on, Schindler on Schindler and what he did. But, I mean, like, Susa Mendez also deserves a, a, a decent amount of credit as well. And slowly but surely, it started to come around. Um, his daughter, Joanna Sousa Mendez, um, really started to beat the drum to, to revive her father's standing uh, in the world. In uh, 1966, she got a petition approved so that her father would be named a uh, Righteous Among Nations, which is what the uh, Yad Vashem, which is the uh, Holocaust Memorial in Jerusalem, it's uh, an honor that they, they bestow on non-Jews who uh, went to great lengths and, and placed themselves at great risk to save people from the Holocaust. So that was a big first step, and that took place in 1966. But they kept going, and then eventually— uh, a daughter from one of the people that he saved directly joined this too
1: yeah i mean he was he was honored a few times in eighty seven the u s Congress um, convinced the Portuguese government to officially apologize mm-hmm. and then, after these ancestors of the survivors started coming forward right and they started digging these people up and compiled of a list so far this foundation, the Souza mendes foundation mm-hmm. Um, which is co-founded by his grandchildren and descendants of the people that he saved, which is just an amazing story. Yeah. Uh, they've compiled a list of about 3,800 visa recipients in 49 different countries, and they are still on the lookout for more people. It's like this big, uh, sort of dispersed family all over the world. Yeah, and and they make the point too
0: that not only did he save all these people, you know, this minimum of 3,800, but probably thousands and thousands and thousands more. He, he directly saved their lives. He also ensured the lives of their offspring, who hadn't even been born yet, who are now born and have, have um, you know, managed to live, who otherwise wouldn't have lived had it not been this for the direct intervention of this guy. Amazing. Yeah, so hats off, Aristide de Souza-Mendez. That's we, a great name, <laughs> and you're a great guy. We do a lot of
1: hats off in these shorties. I like it. I, I th- Yeah, it's kind of a celebratory series, isn't it? Yeah, it here and there is for sure, or we talk about just some weird, dumb thing that no one knows about, never understands. Right, but that's what people like, right? That's right. Okay, well, hopefully, you like this
0: one. Um, if not, don't tell us. Okay, see you later.
1: Stuff you should know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.